Quinnen Williams, great talent, great kid, great personality, bad fit. It's 2015 all over again. And the Giants with Daniel Jones. Oh boy, Dave Gettleman. T-S-N-Y. So it is, Quinn Williams and Daniel Jones for the Jets and Giants, respectively, at 3 and 6 in the NFL Draft. Sabo Radio, Elite Sports New York, on Friday, the day after the first round. McCagnan goes chalk again. He graciously accepts the quote-unquote best talent in the pool. Deja vu? 2015, Leonard Williams out of USC. Remember, he possessed Sheldon Richardson and Muhammad Wilkerson when he selected Leonard Williams. We'll start Jets first. You know, football, each unit is a funny thing. You you can't have an incomplete unit. It just doesn't work. If, If something is incomplete, If a job can't function properly, it hurts the guy next to them. If the corners are terrible, the safeties will have to pick up the slack. And they can't reach their max potential. If the offensive line is horrible, the quarterback, the running backs, they won't reach their max potential. And this is the way it's been going for the Jets for years. With the offensive line... And with the four-man conventional pass rush. Remember with Rex Ryan. He didn't have a four-man conventional pass rush. He needed to blitz. He needed to set up exotic blitzes. And catch the NFL off guard. Which he did. For the first few weeks of the season. In 2009. But it didn't last. Once offenses caught up to those blitzes. To those madman overloads. And crazy schemes and principles. The Jets struggled. They really should have missed the playoffs. Rex changed his game plan to lean on Darrell Rivas. So the Jets entered the this offseason with the same needs they've needed for over a decade. Well, offensive line, no. Edge, yes. Offensive line, we're, we're going on half a decade now. Offensive line and edge. And the only thing they've done thus far... Is Osemele. Think about that. They go Quinn and Williams at number three. The Bama stud. Now, now here's a sidebar. If the Jets don't select an offensive lineman, at least one, today, on Friday, in day two, my friends are going to have to really, really make sure I'm okay. They're going to have to call me, text me, house visit, suicide watch. They're going to have to really ensure that my personal well-being is okay. That's a sidebar. Let's move on to the pick. Quinnen. He's a stud. He's a great player. At least we think. 
Six foot three, three oh three, thirty-three and a quarter inch arms, nine and five eighth five eighths uh inch hands, four point eight three forty yard dash for a three hundred pen pound man is insane. Thirty and a half vertical jump, again, insane. The man could really do it all. He's not an edge player. You don't line him up at edge. If you think the Jets can, you're just not paying attention. You don't line them up at edge. Last year for Bama, eight sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss. The year before, played nine games, wasn't really effective, wasn't really big time. He was only a big time starter for one season. I know Alabama's loaded, but at the same time, Alabama being loaded helps stars shine that much more. I mean, some of the stuff you see, and I know this is going to sound negative, but I think he's a great player. I think he's head and shoulders above Leo as well, with Leo coming in. But the same talk, the same hype, the same discussion has is been identical between Quinnen and Leo four years ago. Versatile. Best player in the draft. So on. Leo, NFL.com draft grade, Got a 7.53 four years ago, heading into the draft. Slipped to six. Jets took him. Quinnen, 6.70. Prospect grade. Leo, six foot five, 302 pounds. Bigger hands. Longer arms. Not as quick. His 40 yard was uh, 4.97 seconds, as opposed to Quinnen's 4.83. But you get the idea. Both players were the best in the draft. Now, I saw SNY last night, and Bart's got um, Jonah Schwartz was asking, how could he fit? How could Quinnen fit? Isn't this the same situation as Leo four years ago? And Bart Scott said, no, there's only two here. Quinnen and Leo, so they could fit on the interior. Last time there was three. With Sheldon, Moe, and Leo. Has Bart forgotten about Henry Anderson? Henry Anderson is a 300-pound man. He is not an he is not an edge player. I, I don't know what Bart's talking about. But Quinnen, he does, listen, I think they're going to stick him at nose tackle, and here's how it's going to set up. He, he does possess the gifts that personnel decision makers are salivating over. Notice how many interior three technique defensive linemen were selected last night. An insane amount. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it was crazy. Aaron Donald has spurred this on. The quickness with the size, not too big. Perfect size, around 300 pounds. With that quickness, lateral, sideline to sideline, in the zone zone scheme, you know, against RPO type, uh, edge pressure, read option type principles, jet sweep. Jet sweep is huge. And that's where this guy comes in too because the jet sweep as the weak side defender chasing the play down is huge to take away cutbacks. So... How are they all going to fit? That's the question. That's the question. 
If it's a 3-4, Q or Leo will get the first crack at playing nose tackle. Not McClendon. McClendon is the only true nose tackle, but to get all three on the field at the same time, Q or Leo needs to play nose tackle. So Q plays nose tackle. Leo plays one of the defensive ends. Call it a defensive tackle, not to confuse everybody. It's not a true defensive end. It's an interior position. So Q at nose tackle. Leo at one of the defensive tackles. Henry Anderson at the other defensive tackle. With McClendon and Shepard as backups off the field. The two outside linebackers are Jenkins, Jordan Jenkins, and Brandon Copeland with Luvo. Frankie as the backup. None of those interior guys can play the edge, the outside linebacker in the base defense. It's just not, not realistic. Of course, CJ Mosley and Avery Williamson as the two backers. Can Darren Lee turn into an edge rusher? He put on some weight. I don't see it. It would be a blessing if he could. Um, you know, he's never done it. It's not easy to do. It would be a blessing. Ziggy Ansah still out there. That's the dude they need to get. They need Ziggy Ansah. They need some sort of edge presence. Without it, without it, will they waste Leo and Q, I'm sorry, will they waste Q just like they wasted Leo and Sheldon and Muhammad without that edge pressure? See, it's not all about talent when drafting guys. It's about the situation. It's about developing. It's about putting them in the right places. Right now, those three are not put in the right places. If you put any of them on the edge, it devalues their production and talent. They're much better on the inside. Now, when they're playing the inside, Having Jenkins and Copeland and one of the worst edge situations in the NFL, again, devalues their production. It's not always about selecting the best talent. It's about development. It's about situation. But that's the 3-4. Q at nose tackle, Leo and Henry aside him, Jenkins and Copeland on the outside. Leo, and that's going to be interesting. Who can either play nose tackle, Q or Leo? I think Quinnen will be the guy. He's undersized as a traditional nose tackle. Nose tackles usually should be 330, 320, at least 310. Q is only 300, probably 295, maybe 290. But it's a new age, and I think that would be okay. I think Q at nose tackle, Leo and Henry, that, that's okay. And the 4-3, here's where things get interesting. Jenkins on one edge as a defensive end. Leo as the three technique, Quinnen Williams as, as the one technique. They can inter interchange. The one technique is the nose tackle, the bigger guy, three technique, outside guard, shoulder. You want it to be the lighter guy. They're identical. They're both three technique players in an ideal world. So again, guy's gonna be out of position, but do they want Q as that one technique nose tackle? Is that the route they're going? And if so, so be it. Henry's out unless he could play D-end. At 300 pounds, very few guys can play D-end in this league. J.J. Watt, he doesn't even do it that often. I mean, on sub packages, he does. Calais Campbell in Jacksonville is lined up as a 4-3 D-end, as a 300-pound dude. 
But if Henry Anderson could play the D-end in the 4-3, you're looking at Jenkins, Q, Leo, and Henry. NFL.com put a stat up. Not NFL.com. NFL Network showing the Jets D-line. And it showed Leo as a D-end, Henry as a D-end, McClendon, and Q as defensive tackles. That's not an NFL defensive line. Four 300-plus pound linemen is not an NFL defensive line. Defensive line. You need two edge guys who could run, who could who could uh, secure the edge, play in space. They got to be 260, 270. Yeah, yeah, that does not get it done, and that was that's misled so many Jets fans. I saw it on Twitter last night. It was insane. It was the same situation as Sheldon, Muhammad, Leo, and the nose tackle at the time. So, but the good thing about the four three is it gets D. Lee on the field. Williamson at Sam, Mosley at Mike, Darren Lee at the Will. I know they said they're going to play the 3-4. Three, three, I don't believe them fully. I think it will be on paper, but I think Greg Williams will play just as much 4-3. In the sub package, Jenkins on one edge, Henry on the other edge, Quinn and Williams and Leo in the interior. Henry is better in the interior. So you got three guys with two spots. If Henry could play the edge, God bless him. He's not fast enough. And that's where they are right now. That's how it'll fit. They need an edge desperately. Didn't grab one. Josh Allen was there. Josh Allen was there. On day two, center. Center, offensive line, and edge. Center and an edge. That, that has to be the targets. They have to start looking at positional need. The units are so incomplete. Again, my first uh, choice would have been to trade down. I was rooting for it. Really wanted it. A lot of talk late yesterday. Really started buzzing around the Bills and the Redskins. Didn't happen. They took Quinnen. And listen, none of this is a knock on Quinnen. I think he's tremendous. I think he's a great player. Great player. But you can't be all in. You can't think, oh, this is this is a can't-miss pick. Leo was a can't-miss pick four years ago. What happened? Is Leo just not as good as the prognostication? Or did scheme and fit have something to do with it? Maybe both. Maybe McKagan needs to learn from those mistakes. If they get Ansa, if they swing some sort of deal and grab an impact edge, all is well. Let's go. It's very, it's very hard to do. And they had a chance to get Josh Allen last night and didn't do it. And took Quinn and Williams. Are you splitting hairs between the two players? Are you going off a generic big board and what everyone's saying? The best available player has been shooting themselves in the foot for years. Two offensive line picks and 29 total picks now, both in the fifth round. And again, if they don't take an offensive lineman today, I'm finding the nearest bridge. I'm going to jump off 
and it's going to be a bad day. But listen, Quinnen's a stud. We'll have to see what happens today and on Saturday before we fully, fully take a look at how the roster is going to look for 2019. The New York Giants. Oh, Dave Gettleman. I had faith in Gettleman, this draft, that he would... I thought he was going to take an edge. Maybe a second-level defender, a linebacker with 17, at 17, or even Jonah Williams or an offensive lineman. Jonah got selected earlier. Jawan Taylor is still available, to the shock of many. But he goes with Daniel Jones, the Eli Manning clone in terms of face and personality. Soft-spoken, nice kid. It's very eerie, actually. He really is an Eli. I mean, I didn't know this prior to hearing him speak last night. It's very eerie. So Daniel Jones goes at six. Giants fans erupt. Ray Lucas, SNY, laughing. Oh, my God. Laughing in the offices. Going nuts. Joe Budden in complete dismay and shock. Like someone just ripped out his heart. Nobody knows. Daniel Jones could turn out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Is he a reach? I don't know. Would he have lasted to 17? I have no idea. Okay. Haskins went to the Skins. I don't know. We don't know. The good thing is the Giants had conviction in taking their guy. The bad thing is I just don't like him as a quarterback. His arm is okay. First of all, arm talent is not the most important thing in the world. The most important thing in the world is just an overall football IQ, football sense, characteristics at the position, leadership. I don't see that either. He makes mind-boggling decisions. No, he didn't have the personnel around him at Duke. But that doesn't take away the, the mind-boggling decisions he makes when going through his progressions. It's very strange. Now, how should Eli Manning feel about it? I don't know. Was he in on the process? I have no idea. You know, it conflicts with the organizational message that they want to win now. Uh, whatever they say, it doesn't mean anything. But I think they go above and beyond to preach a certain message. And then when it contrasts with their action, that's what gets them in trouble. I think that marketing is really in, in, in serious poor health. Say less. Let your actions do do your speaking for you. Say less if you don't want to give away, um, you know, your forward path. So the pick of Daniel Jones means they're not trying to win this year. I mean, of course they are, but you, you get the idea. They're not all in. They, they didn't secure the pieces that they needed most to win as many games as possible. Okay, now, as crazy as people are about Jones at six, number 17, 
is actually worse. Do you understand what the pick at number 17 is? Dexter Lawrence is not a pass rusher. He's not a Quinnen Williams. He's not a Christian Wilkins. His teammate, former teammate at Clemson. He's a Damon Harrison. He's a nose tackle. He's a 330-pound dude who plays a position that's a situational-type position now. He's not going to be out there over 50% of the plays. You want to take a guy that's going to play under 50% of the plays in the first round? No. No, not me. I know defending the run is big, and it's crucial. But unless this kid shocks everybody and proves he can rush the passer up the middle, he's a 50% player. That's, that's a problem. That's a problem. I would not take running backs. I don't like taking running backs in the first round. I don't like taking nose tackles in the first round. They're situational type players, like just running back far more valuable, obviously. Playing in terms of percentage of the entire game, if it's a stud guy. But you get the idea. So they go with Jones, they go with Lawrence, and then they trade up at the end of the first round and grab DeAndre Baker. There were several corners on the board. Greedy Williams still. They probably could have waited until early second to make this selection. But Gettleman trades up, grabs DeAndre Baker. Again, conviction. So they get a nose tackle, who is a 50% player, will play in the base, start immediately in the base, come off during sub-packages, most likely. Daniel Jones, who's not going to help them win at all, and then DeAndre Baker, who hopefully is a starter. Only one of the three players is a full-time starter. What does this mean? It means it's they're looking at the long-haul process. That's what it means. And to be honest, I don't love what either team did in the first round. Uh, you know, Jets, trade down would have been the top priority, top move. I would. It would be fascinating to see what offers they received. It would be fascinating to see those offers. Quinn Williams, it's the duplicate of Leonard Williams. And until he proves it on the field, it'll remain a duplicate. And until Greg Williams can prove he's not Todd Bowles and actually figure out a way to get all three defensive interior players on the same page and the unit functioning as one, Again, until that happens, I'm not seeing anything different than 2015, four years ago. And this isn't to to drill Quinnen. Quinnen, I like him as a player. Really like him as a player. But Josh Allen fits so much better. And it might have been that time where McKagan said enough is enough. We have to address the edge. We have to address the offensive line. Giants hate the Dexter Lawrence pick at 17. 
Forget 330-pound nose tackles. Get a pass rusher. Get a pass rusher, whether it's on the inside, the outside. Get a pass rusher in this pass rush dominant, valued league. Daniel Jones at six. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not on the train that uh, the Giants are a disaster. I don't know what Daniel Jones is. You know, I really thought they would bypass quarterback in the first round. Did not think they were in love with any of them. Baker, late in the first, wouldn't have done it. I would not have traded up. You know, if you're looking at the long haul, why are you giving up assets when there's plenty of corners? So it's a strange one from the Giants. It was a strange night from the Giants. The Jets, it's chalk and more of the same. Best available player. We'll take what's ever there and the hell with our offensive line and edge. Yeah, I know it's been an issue for 578 years, but, you know, we can't quibble when the best best available player is there. Maybe it finally turns around this year. We'll see. But again, tonight is huge. Offensive line, if there is no center or offensive line selection, my health is in serious jeopardy. For the Giants, Dave Gettleman, he just needs to try to say as less as possible and make his picks. He does have a good history. He does have a nice resume in the scouting department. GM, he still has a lot to prove. His message, his marketing, I don't understand it. Starts tonight at 7 from Nashville. We'll see what happens. Greg Williams, you have a chore now. You have a serious chore to get all the three of these big heavies to play and the unit to play as one unit when only two. You have three. But how are you going to do it when only two could be in the field at one time? If you have three on the field at one time, that means one of your edges is slow. One of your edges is a 300-pound dude. Not named J.J. Watt. Challenge. For the Giants, for Eli. Daniel Jones is here. Duke. Ringing the memories of Dave Brown. We'll see what happens on day two.